folks, what is going on? Justin Masson here with Nintendo Dads, and you know that because you you know you clicked on the link and the podcast, and you get it, you understand. This is Nintendo Dads. You've been here before. Uh, welcome to another episode of Justin Jabbers. Uh, I haven't done one of these for a while. Interestingly enough, I usually typically do uh, Justin Jabbers while I'm in my car driving. Do you want to guess what I'm doing today? That's right, I'm in my car driving. But uh, yeah, I digress. I thought I would do Justin Jabbers as kind of a bonus episode, special episode. We're going to call this the naughty and nice list of 2020 for Nintendo. Uh, So just before we jump into it, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for making our 2020 absolutely, absolutely amazing. You, uh, everyone who listens ever, who supports the show, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it has been an absolutely amazing and cool year, and uh, for, for Nintendo dads, when the world kind of felt like it was on fire, um, just a lot of incredible stuff. So thank you. I'm going to talk a little bit about that later in the show uh, at the end, but, uh, but thank you. So ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right into the news! Right, so I, like I said, there you know I said news, and there really isn't news, and I'm sure Jesse will put a bumper in essentially. But here's what we're going to do: I'm going to talk about the three, the naughty and nice list for 2020 in the Nintendo Dad's opinion, or in my opinion, I guess, on behalf of the Nintendo Dad's. So three, uh, three things that are on the nice list, three things that are on the naughty list as we get ready to celebrate the holidays. So, ladies and gentlemen, number one on the nice list is third-party support in 2020. 2020 was a pretty incredible year for third-party support. I had kind of talked about this during our predictions uh, episode way, way back in January, that we'd see more third-party support in 2020 as companies saw and realized the potential of the Nintendo Switch and kind of decided to get on board. We had seen third-party support and momentum kind of building, but we I don't think we had a really, really solid year. And I'd kind of argue that 2020 was probably the most solid year we've had for it, and I'm going to tell you why in a second. I also argue it's probably going to be the last year that we're going to see it. So as I kind of think of some of the third-party support that we actually saw came out, uh, the ones that immediately stand out to me <clears throat> or immediately come out, and I'm sure there's there's some that that are going to, uh, that are going to be referenced that I'm going to completely forget, or or I don't reference and I'm going to forget about it. And someone's like, well, what about this game? But the ones that drastically stand out for me, first and foremost, are uh, are two is 2K. Uh, 2K brought over. The XCOM, the Bioshock, and uh, Borderlands collections over to the Nintendo Switch. And that was a really, really big deal, I think, um, to kind of show and engage their involvement. Um, Again, when we talk about some of these games, these are what I would call new to someone, right? And so Borderlands and Bioshock were brand new to me, and I I absolutely had a blast playing them. Uh, So again, third party saying, hey, we've got some games we can put on your console. Uh, Outer Worlds uh, came to the Nintendo Switch in January. Now, I'd argue that it was a little bit uh, little bit broken um, and that we had to wait until about October to get a really healthy patch to put it in a position that was kind of manageable and playable. And I think that, that was great to finally be there. And the fact it was a year later kind of to really get it to where it needed to be was a bit of a challenge. But, but again, this is a, a, a Obsidian showing support for the Switch and, and working on it and, and investing that time and energy into it as well. Obviously, last few weeks ago, we got Doom Eternal finally showing up on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, almost nine months past it was its initial launch date. 
Uh, but again, there was that support, of course, coming only on a digital uh, digital support as opposed to a cartridge. And then the other part of the support that I'd probably kind of call out as it relates to third-party support was EA. Uh, and this was a big announcement that EA made during their EA Play uh, in June. Uh, and of course, I have a vested interest in it because Apex was announced. It uh, did not release in 2020, although it was scheduled to. got moved in 2021. But we also saw the release of the Burnout fran- uh, Burnout Remastered, um, Burnout something something. So we saw EA getting on board with this as well. And EA also make a commitment to include or add, I think it was like seven games to the Nintendo Switch by like June 2021. Uh, so there is still a fair bit of, of games that we're expecting to come to to the Switch from EA. But I think this has been a really solid move and solid year for uh, for those companies. And of course, you know, and I, I'm, my brain almost slipped this one, uh, Ubisoft putting uh, formerly known as Gods and Monsters, Immortals Phoenix Rising on the Nintendo Switch, day and date release with all the other consoles. I thought that was a really great move. Uh, you know, you can make the argument that maybe it's looking like the the Switch version isn't as powerful as some of the other versions. Yeah, that's that's fine. Not a huge shock there, uh, but uh, but still like very very manageable. Plays great, uh, and, and I think is is a fantastic game. Uh, and again, Ubisoft kind of jumping back in that market that they haven't had a lot of space in for Nintendo. They have kind of very carved out opportunities. You know, we saw Starlink. Uh, we saw. Mario and Rabbids, Ubisoft kind of dabbles in and out of, of whether they're whether they're going to be on a console or on Nintendo specifically. Uh, on a side note, I mean, I'd love to have seen Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, on um, on the Switch, and I guess there's another part of it, right? We saw more, the, more of the Assassin's Creed games come over. Uh, I think we saw, what was it? Assassin's Creed 3, 4, uh, there's another one I missed in there. So we saw more and more of the Sephardi uh, support from from older games coming over to the Switch, really kind of bloating out some of that calendar. Interestingly enough, Nintendo really needed that support in 2020 as well. Of course, when we talk about their their thinned out week lineup, but I thought it was really critical. And then the other one, I'm, I'm going to kind of end on the third party support. Um, I'm commentarying again. There are probably a bunch of games that I absolutely missed, and I apologize. Probably some that you're super passionate about. You're like Justin, why didn't you mention blank? And I. I'm totally blanking on why I didn't mention it, uh, would be Control. Uh, and I thought this was a very interesting move um, coming over to the Nintendo Switch. Now, of course, this is a cloud version of Control. This is not a natively built-on device Control, but I'd argue that it is it is access to a, a third-party uh, developer's catalog or content, which would normally not have been on the Nintendo Switch. And that's a really, really big deal. Um, during that Direct where they had announced Control, they also announced... Uh, Hitman Agent 47 or something like that coming as well. Hitman 3, as I recall. Um, that date is uh, is not yet formally announced. Or Sorry, I apologize. It is in 2021. That game is not yet out. Very much, I believe this could be a day and date release with all the other systems for the cloud version. Would be very, very interesting to see what happens there. Um, so, I, you know, taking a little bit of a, little bit of a, a walk here, uh, in my comment before of like, I believe this will probably be the last year that we'll see a massive amount of, of specifically, I would say, native-built third-party support to the Switch, is we know that developers, especially now with the, the latest generation of consoles, PS5 and Xbox X and S or, or what be it, um, 
developers are going to spend their time and energy on those platforms and on those systems. So the, the power gap becomes exponentially uh, larger, right? So individuals or, or development teams are going to spend their time and energy probably, you know, pushing onto new console or sorry, pushing new content onto consoles, new games. That will create more of a void for those third party developers. So I don't think you're going to see nearly as much. I think what, so what, what I mean by that is, is built natively, right? So this means you can go to the eShop and you can, you can download a Nintendo Switch version of that game. So Outer Worlds is a great example, right? You can get a, you can get a, a Nintendo Switch built optimized game available to you. I think what we will see in 2021 as we move forward, and I know that people are going to get mad at me and say, stop it, Justin, you're just wishing for this to happen, is I do think cloud versions of these games, of games, will become much more uh, prevalent for for uh, Nintendo to use if, if they indeed end up having the success that I think they probably had with Control. Um, and, and yes, I, I know there's an argument of like, I don't have amazing Wi-Fi, and it's killing the collectors, and the, totally understand your perspective. I get it. And you can be upset about it. I get it. I just fully believe from a business model, from uh, a development cycle, from a strengthening a library, that is probably how we're going to see more of these games go. And I made this reference before. If you look at what Luna or Stadia is doing, look at games that are on those systems, you can very easily say if they've been built for, the, for that kind of platform, there's no reason why they couldn't be moved, plotted, changed, uh, put onto a cloud version of the Nintendo Switch. Is this how I want all of my games? No, I don't, you know, I, I used to travel a lot, but I don't always want to have to have access to an internet to be able to play Control or, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla if it comes out on the Switch, any of these things. No, I don't, I don't want that, right? I prefer it to be native, but we understand the power gap of the machine. And I think we, you know, and I think we saw these struggles, Right, Outer Worlds is a great example of it. When that game came out, it, to be honest, it probably shouldn't have. Um, you know, it shouldn't have come out in the condition it was. There had to be a bigger patch to resolve some of these issues. Um, it was pushing the system probably beyond its limits. Um, and I appreciate that developers can do that. And I think, like you know, when you look at something like Doom Eternal, the amount of time and energy that a developer put into bringing that game, and Panic Button did a great job bringing that game over to the Nintendo Switch. If they could have just said, well, sure, look it. We've got a Doom Eternal version on Stadia that we've already built, we've already designed, we've already made. Hey, Nintendo, you want a Doom Eternal, ver a cloud version of Doom Eternal? Uh, yeah, let's just do that. Recategorize, reconfigure some of the button layouts, move it over to the cloud version, and you're good. So what I mean by this, again, is, is that as, that, as, the, as the power gap between the, the, the current gen and future gen consoles continues to kind of gain momentum or, or, or become larger, the third-party support will probably become a little bit little bit lackluster. Um, to be honest, I probably, I believe, you know, and again, I could be completely wrong, I believe that in the current state of Ubisoft that Immortals Phoenix Rising is probably the last native Nintendo Switch game that we will most likely see from Ubisoft in a while. Now, I could be wrong. And there could be things like, oh, look, it's Trials or some some kind of like sports game. But I think an open world, intensive, you know, processing uh, juggernaut of a game, you will not see that in the same way. 
So I believe that, you know, first, awesome the amount of support that was received for the Switch from third parties. So excited. My category, my, my, my preface to that is I believe it's probably the last year we'll see a massive amount of that success or support. I could be wrong, but that's kind of my belief from where we're going. Let's talk number two on the nice list. Number two on the nice list is, uh, is Indies. Indie support. Indie support uh, on the Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch has really become the home for Indies. Um, and I think that they have done an absolutely fantastic job. And very much like the third party, you know, Nintendo relied on in Indies, and in, in Indies, whatever you want to call them, to really bloat out some of their catalog in 2020. And they did an absolutely, absolutely fantastic job. I think, uh, you know, one of the games that comes to mind instantly is Hades, right? Hades, having previously been on PC, and then when it was released, uh, it was released directly on the Nintendo Switch. Like, that was such a huge, huge move and a huge get, and uh, and, and Nintendo just, again, appears to be that home for indies. We just had an Indie World Direct. Uh, you know, we had some fantastic... Spelunky 2, Spelunky 1, Among Us, right? These games that... These games that really, you know, and I think it's maybe the reverse problem that that Nintendo, or sorry, third parties have with Nintendo, is if it's not, you know, graphically intense or challenging, um, you know, it, it kind of makes sense of can it show up on the Nintendo Switch? And we see a lot uh, of games that are, are, you know, maybe last year or, or 2020, 2019 that were, you know, kind of up there. And you, you look across the, you know, you look across the... The, the other side of the lawn, you're like, oh, the green, the grass is pretty green over there. I wonder if that'll ever come over here. And I think it's it's not a matter of if it will come to the Switch. Most of the conversation now, I think, is when it will come to the Switch. Uh, so games for me that I think of that is, as we look into 2021, obviously, as I mentioned a couple of moments ago, Spelunky, Spelunky 2, um, Sea of Solitude, that would be, that's one of them as well. Uh, Disco Elysium, right? Some of these games that, again, were, were big on the other consoles... Um, are finding their way over to the Switch in kind of this indie indie space. Uh, and it's been absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Um, I always also kind of say, take a look at it. If something's over on Apple Arcade, right, and, it, and it's having well on Apple Arcade or having success there, that will probably come over to the Nintendo Switch. I think Pathless is a great example. Uh, right now, I know that is on the Apple Arcade, and I think it's on PS5. I, I took a look at that game. That game should be coming to the Switch. I would, I would be shocked if it didn't in 2021. Uh, so, sorry, I have a bit of sip, sip of coffee there as well. So, yeah, I think the support that Indies has provided has been absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, today is a great example of it. Uh, as we record, you know, this is December 23rd, uh, Super Meat Boy Forever hit my Nintendo Switch, uh, early this morning when I got a review code for it, for it. So absolutely jumping into that. So there is so many tremendous indie games to play. There is no shortage of that. And that's really the bread and butter, I think, of, of the console is, is for what Nintendo Switch does incredibly well is this. It is for your Nintendo exclusives, right? Uh, Breath of the Wild, Smash Brothers, Animal Crossing, Mario, right? The, the, those IPs, Switch is fantastic. Uh, for your indies, Switch is absolutely fantastic. It's a, it's a home of indies. And then if you're looking for your third parties, you kind of have to look somewhere else. It's where your third, it's where your, Second machines coming in, right? They, they need to use to su- use to support it. A um, couple of really quick uh, third-party games that that kind of really resonated with me this year that I uh, really really loved. Um, Blood Roots was one of them that was early uh, early in the year. Um, 
Neon Abyss was another one for me that uh, that really got uh, me. Ah, uh, there is another game that I completely... Uh, Scourgebringer, which is I completely say wrong every time. Grindstone. Uh, Hades. Right, like absolutely foregone, amazing games. Like these are these are just I, I have had so much fun uh, with with these games in, in 2020. So on the on the nice list, ladies and gentlemen, indie support of the Nintendo Switch is definitely on the nice list. Uh, number three and the final one on the nice list for 2020 for the Nintendo Switch is actually Nintendo and Animal Crossing specifically. Uh, Animal Crossing coming to the Nintendo Switch in 2020. Now, this was not a, like, you know, really, I guess my statement here is that when Animal Crossing came to the Nintendo Switch, beginning of COVID-19, it was really what so many people needed. It created routine. It created escapism. There was such a community and a uh, just a just a passion for it. Uh, that, that people got connected with it. And I think that that was, you know, Nintendo didn't know what was on the horizon for for COVID, didn't know what the world needed, or especially as gamers, this escapism that it, was, that it caused. Um, but it was exactly what the world, and, and I think some of those, those gamers needed in, in that level of escapism. And I think, you know, I know for my family, this is the first Animal Crossing game, uh, you know, other than Happy Home Design that I played on the 3DS with my kids, that I've ever really, really played. And it, it uh, it's, I, I want to use the word sustained, sustained us and kept us and, and mentally supported us um, and was just such an amazing experience to be around uh, in, in 2020. And, and, you know, and I know that people are frustrated by the games that Nintendo did or did not put out in, in 2020. And I'll, I'll get to that in, in a little bit here. Um, but Nintendo could have just released Animal Crossing in April put their hands up and said, yeah, we're done. And they pretty much could have won 2020. Um, like, that was the kind of the fever and the pitch around Animal Crossing. And, and the sales numbers 110% support that. We, we see it as, as the you know number two best-selling Nintendo Switch game of all time to this point for sales numbers just behind Mario Kart 8. I do believe most likely that Mario Kart 8 will be surpassed by Animal Crossing. But we haven't even had an entire full year with this game. That's incredible. Like, that is absolutely, absolutely incredible. And uh, we haven't seen an expansion. We haven't seen a season pass yet. 2021, I predict that's going to be coming once we get a full season around us. So I think look for look for a March or April, probably a season pass. Uh, but I think Animal Crossing was exactly what the world needed uh, and Nintendo delivered on it. So, uh, so those are my three on the nice list for... There's a train. I don't know if you just heard that. Uh, nice list for 2020. Third-party support, indies, and Animal Crossing. All right, let's move over to the naughty list for 2020. Number one on the naughty list. <sighs> Nintendo. Nintendo, you're on my naughty list at the number one position for... Well, for Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Now, you might say, but Justin, I don't understand. Why? This is such a great game. These three games are together. This is amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing. What I'm, what you're on my naughty list for is the lackluster support or, or lackluster care that was put into this game. 
So this very much reminds me of like when you used to take a, a test as a kid, you're right. And like you come home, your mom's like, how'd you do on the test? You're like, well, I got a 60. I passed. And your mom's like, barely, you barely passed. All right. Like, don't be proud of this. And this is a little bit of my commentary to Nintendo. Don't be proud of Super Mario All-Stars. All right. You could have done so much more. This could have genuinely been like a love letter, a huge celebration, a nice packaging, an art book, a special case. A, like, there is so much more time and energy and like behind the scenes content, commentary, uh, art books, digital art. Like, I don't care what that you could have done to that game to really truly celebrate Mario 35. And you didn't. You just didn't. You didn't spend the time and energy where you could have and you should have. Now, you're going to say, Justin, it doesn't matter because it's sold. Doesn't matter because you got 60 and you passed. You still passed. You still sold. But the lost opportunity and potential, that's what's aggravating. That's what I find. That's why you're on the naughty list. Because you could have done more. It should have been more. It should have been better. Um... Now, sure, look, you're like, well, well, Justin, but, but we, we put out a, we, we, we put out a Game & Watch console, and yeah, no, no, I'm just talking about the game itself. And here's the other thing. You knew it was probably not great, and then what you did, what you did, is you slapped on the limited time only collection until March 31st, 2021. So despite you only putting in 60% effort, getting a, a C- kind of grading, it still sold like gangbusters. Why? Because you put a limited time only sticker on it. And so everybody and their dog flocked to it and picked it up. And then, two months later, you patch in support for game controller on Sunshine. Nintendo? Not cool. All right, this is why you're on number one on my naughty list for 2020 at the number one, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Number two on my naughty list, Nintendo again. Look at this, you showed up again, Nintendo. Congratulations, two for two. Why am I upset now? Well, here's the thing I'm upset about. I'm upset about the stupid March 31st, 2021 thing disappearing. Why? And I know you did an interview, Doug Bowser, with Polygon, and you talked about the March 31st, 2020 stuff. Like, listen, we're all fully believing that you're going to Thanos snap the world on 2021, on March, uh, March 31st, 2021. Just so if, so let me get straight. If someone buys a Switch on April 1st, 2021, they don't get to celebrate Mario's 35 years? They don't get to have an opportunity to play some of these games that, that you have you have, you decided to have a limited run. And here's the thing. I'm okay with like a limited physical run. I get it, all right? Hey, we can only sell, we only, we're only going to make X amount of, of 3D All-Stars. By the way, that's a complete garbage response because you can make more. It's not hard. You, you like literally, you have them created and printed, all right? Like this isn't like, like it's, 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 you, you know how to, it's, you know how to make cartridges. You know how to make cases, okay? But I get it. That's a business decision. Fine. But when you digitally put something for an expiration date of March 31st, 2021, because you want to 
we want to make a, a defined celebration. Now, I fully 100% believe that at some point in 2021, those games will be unbundled, and you will be able to get Super Mario 64 for $15.99 on the Nintendo Switch eShop, and they are going to unbundle it. But, like, come on. Come on. This is the, any, like, if it's a digital game, and, and what is the other one's Fire Emblem? Has the expiration on it, I believe, of of uh, of, of March 2021. Uh, Mario 35, the free game you gave to Nintendo Switch Online. Come on, right? These are these are all things that. Um, come on, this, this I mean, this is this is absolutely ridiculous. I think this is this is not not a great look for you, Nintendo. You shouldn't do this. Uh, if you want to if you want to do limited runs of physical, fine, fine. I'll let you have that one. You want to have a special run for the game and watch? Fine, fine. I'll let you have that one. But do not put expiration dates on digital content, right? That is that is absolutely, absolutely bonkers, and I think a poor, poor move. So Nintendo, shame on you for that one. So that's number two. Nintendo's March thirty first, twenty twenty one Thanos snapping of Nintendo content. All right, you ready? Ready for number three? Number three on my uh, on my naughty list for 2020. It's Nintendo again. What is going on, Nintendo? Come on, three times on my naughty list. This one's kind of a light naughty list, though. This well, it is, but it isn't. Nintendo Switch Online. Come on, really? You can do better, Nintendo. Don't be don't be like drip feeding us Diddy Kong or Dixie Kong Diddy Kong Wonderdive three. And these, like, weird games for the NES every, like, three months. Come on. You need to you need to start bolstering out that Nintendo Switch Online. You did that infrastructure change? I get it. Give me a real reason. A real reason. A real value for this thing. Because right now, other than me being able to play online with my friends, that's the real reason I have it. And occasionally, maybe I'll get to play a game for Retro Rewind. Or something like that. Play an old school game and with my with my kids. But like, really, come on. Put some time. Put some energy. Where we, we need to see we need to see the Game Boy Advance. We need to see GameCube. We need to see these consoles, the, these extra emulators that we haven't seen before. You need to really be showing me the value for uh, show me the value for Nintendo Switch Online because right now I continue to question it but I feel like I have to do it. I have to pay this bill every September, and I'm like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't really know. Why? So Nintendo, help me, help me understand the pure value of it, okay? And, and like, quality of life stuff, like, well, now your save data is tied to it, you know? Hey, look at this. You can now transfer Animal Crossing stuff. <sighs> really? Really? It's one of those things that I have to pay. It's kind of like property tax. That is my equivalent of Nintendo Switch Online. It's property tax. I have to pay it. I'm not happy to pay it. And the value of it, I don't really see, but I just have to do it. For those of you that maybe are in Europe, let me make a better analogy. It's your TV tax that you have to pay for your TV every year. Okay? Yeah. You don't want to do it. You have to do it. And you feel tied to do it. So there you go. Those are it. Ladies and gentlemen, those are my three naughty lists. Nintendo rounding out all three on my naughty list. However, I am going to have a, like, 
three point or or this if there was a if there was an honorable mention for naughty list for the Nintendo world, I'm gonna say this. Respawn! Respawn, you know what you did! Come on! Apex Legends were supposed to be about this year on the Nintendo Switch. You brought me up the highest of highs and you smashed me down. Where is it? 2021 Apex Legends. It's coming to Nintendo Switch. I'm excited for it. I understand. That's my, it's my other honorable mention for, uh, for, uh, the naughty list. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to round out a show. Man, it has been an absolutely incredible 2020 for us here at Nintendo Dads. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, for it. The, the world, as, as I kind of mentioned earlier, kind of, kind of burned a bit in 2020. And, uh, and, and we definitely, uh, from a Nintendo Dad's perspective, there were things that we had planned in 2020 uh, that we had to kibosh and to adjust uh, based on, on, on COVID-19. Um, just a little bit of like behind the curtains, for those of you that didn't know, uh, Jesse had, uh, had been accepted to go to E3. Uh, his plane tickets were purchased. His, Uber, his, uh, his Airbnb was paid for. We were excited to, for the first time, send an official Nintendo dad to E3. And again, that was because of the amazing support over on Patreon. We were, we were in that position. We were fortunate to be able to do that. We were going to have from the ground coverage. We were, we were hyped. Um, and obviously COVID, uh, COVID turned that away. We had plans of actually heading to, e, uh, to, uh, to PAX West in Seattle in August, uh, on the dock. I think it was myself. Tim, I think was questioned. It was, was potentially going as well to head to do some coverage at PAX West. We were in an opportunity essentially in 2020 to be more mobile, to be more flexible and to attend some of these amazing events. Thanks to your support at Patreon. We had talked about also potentially coming together for extra life uh, and doing some, some big kind of uh, event in one location. Those were all things that were on the docket for 2020 uh, and COVID changed those things. I want to say this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your support for us in 2020, not just at a Patreon level, which we are absolutely grateful for. But as listeners, as individuals who are subscribing to our YouTube channel, as people who are providing us their Twitch Prime subs, um, for just sharing our podcast with a friend, commenting, retweeting, uh, engaging in our community, engaging in our Discord conversations in our community. Thank you. Really, as I've mentioned before, the community is the heart of Nintendo Dads. And uh, we're so, so proud of it. Um, we continue to see in 2020, as we talked about before, the world burned, and uh, and that was hard for, for for folks in our community. That was hard for folks uh, everywhere around around the world. And uh, what I'm so proud of is is our community supporting each other, um, being there to listen to each other, being there to provide words of encouragement, to celebrate the the highs, and to support and and console during some lows. During COVID, we had uh, we had people who were who had obviously been diagnosed with COVID. We had people who were furloughed. We had people who were in very challenging and difficult situations. And yet our community rallied behind these individuals and they supported them. We're there for kind word to help them every single day. And, uh, and for that, I'm thankful. There's obviously lots to celebrate in 2020 as well. There were births, there was weddings, there was anniversaries, there was graduations, there was smiles, there was joy. Uh, and we are happy for those things. We're so happy to be together and stand together and support each other in these moments 
uh, and and be proud and uh, and and uh, and just just be there to support. So thank you, thank you on behalf of the entire Nintendo Dads crew. Um, we are grateful for everything that has happened in 2020. 2020 for us has been a, an amazing, amazing year. I'm so proud of, you know, we launched three new podcasts, the Nintendo Dads Network, uh, Dad Crossings, Dad After Dark, Dads After Dark, and The Dinner Table. And all three of these shows have their own unique audience, and the, the hosts of those shows are doing an absolutely amazing job. And, uh, and we're so proud of that and uh, allowing creators to, to create and just use our platform and leverage it. Continue to see a growth in our, our local, what I would call community content creators, providing tremendous amounts of first looks, reviews, let's plays to our YouTube channels, and also written reviews in, uh, to our blog as well. We continue to amaze, or at least I think I, I'm completely amazed by our community, uh, and I would be uh, remiss if I did not mention the 5,500 USD dollars that was raised in November 2020 for the Children's Miracle Network hospitals across North America. Uh, and that work was, was, you know, there's a proud moment for us. Uh, to me, that is one of the most proudest. Um, that, that work was absolutely tremendous. The time and effort and energy that everyone put into it, it was our biggest Extra Life campaign to date. Uh, and it was, it was absolutely amazing. So we are so, so proud. Uh, of that work. Uh, this year also, we kind of sadly said goodbye to, to Gary Gray as he transitioned off of our, off of our podcasting team of hosts and, uh, and kind of focused on himself and his, and his family and his university. And, and, and just, we're so, we're so proud of Gary and it's been an honor to work with him for, for all these years. And, uh, and he's a good friend and I'm, I'm glad that he's able to kind of find that recharge and focus on family. We've always talked about family being the, the core and the first value that we have here and that's the most important thing and uh, we're just so excited for, for him in the future that that, uh, that he'll have as well um, yeah ladies and gentlemen that has been 2020 that has been Nintendo Dad's 2020 um, the guys we're all taking a break we're all gonna take two weeks off we're gonna we're gonna spend some time with our family we're gonna recharge our batteries uh, we've got some amazing content coming in 2021. I think it's going to be a tremendous year for video games. I think it's going to be a pretty pretty stellar year for Nintendo. Uh, I think they, they have a, uh, some good things lined up already. So the cards are starting to stack nicely. And uh, we're excited just to just to come back to you in, in a couple weeks. Our batteries recharged, our buckets full with the excitement and the energy that we bring uh, every single week. And uh, we've got lots of content coming out over uh, coming out in the next couple days and weeks uh, on our YouTube channel as well. We've got some let's plays and first looks uh, and, and content there as well for for you to grab. So um, on behalf of the entire entire dads hosting community, whatever you want to call us, thank you. Be well. Be safe. Tell someone you love them. Give them a hug. Have, if you can, socially distance hug, maybe. I don't know. High five. Have a very Merry Christmas, a very happy holidays, um, and enjoy your new year. We look forward to seeing you again in 2020. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>
for listening into Nintendo Dads. <laughs>